Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm here with Christine Heath. And today we're going to talk about the trap of diagnosis. And we started, uh, as we started reflecting on it, we realized that, you know, diagnosis is a trap. The way people diagnose mental illnesses is a trap, both for the client and for the provider, uh, because it's a way of thinking. In other words, a diagnosis is a label that uh, indicates that there's something wrong with you or something that's, you know, run amiss, and it has to be addressed. And for the provider, there's a huge book called the DSM where they can look up all the various things, the behaviors that people do and find a diagnosis for them. And then if you, you know, exhibit those behaviors, as long as you continue to exhibit them, um, the the assumption is, oh, he or she has still got this thing wrong with them. And for the client who hadn't given it too much thought, just knew they didn't feel good, went to the doctor, then got this label, they look it up. And the next thing you know, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. And uh, and it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because we are always focused on what's wrong with me, what's wrong with the person, and how are we going to fix it? And, and this is another case where psychology has it backwards because when you start that down that path, you're trying to fix an illusion from the outside in, and that's not where the answer is. And I say illusion because all thinking that we do, uh, whether it be useful to us or not useful to us, whether it be dysfunctional or functional, is thought, thought that we created. And the answer is to understand that we create thought and that that thought manifests in certain ways and the ways that it manifests can't be fixed because it's after the fact. You've already had the thought. But understanding the thought allows you to feel some control over how you use your thought. So that, in a nutshell, is what we want to talk to you about in order to explain why diagnosis is a trap. Yeah, it's really interesting because um, the way that we have approached helping people has been so backwards, right? Like we're, we're looking at trying to um, manage symptoms that people have or um, problem solving with them, trying to help them through life. Um, in fact, I just had a, a young, young girl that um, came to me, not on her own, but from her father. and. Um, she was um, seeing a, a, she was in a, a DBT, which is dialectic um, behavioral therapy. And um, it's a group and they kind of teach people how to manage their, their symptoms. So she comes in and she's talking to me about all of the diagnoses that she has. I have this, I have that, I have this, I'm delusional. 
like really delusional people don't generally come in and tell you they're delusional because they don't know it. That's, that's the deal with delusion, right? <laughs> so so I'm, I'm listening to her and I'm, uh, uh, I'm thinking like, oh dear. And I said, well, it doesn't really work very well for you to do that kind of therapy and for me to do the kind of therapy I do. So let me tell you about the therapy I do. And then you tell me if that's something you're interested in. And so I got, I was talking to her about her innate health and about how, you know, our diagnosis is kind of a picture of the moment that we're in and, and how our thought is working and, and she's listening. And she said, yeah, I don't, I don't think I want to do that. And I said, oh, okay, that's fine. She said, "I, I like my group that I do because I have 24 hour, um, ability to call my therapist and she will help me through whatever um, emotional upset I'm having. And I like that attention. And I was like, okay. And, and, and then she said, and you know, when you were talking about thought and how thought's not real and I said, well, it's really, you know, your experience of it is real, but it's not like it's, you can pick a thought out of your head and get rid of it and put another thought in and make it better. They're not things, right, that we can uh, do something with. And and then she said, yeah, no, I really like the group. And she said, you know, because, you know, I'm going to see her. I'd see her like with all that going on in her head a couple times a week. And um, and I was even willing to, her to stay in the group and meet with her individually. She's no once I, I was seeing my other therapist once a month. I was like, OK. And, uh, and she said, I don't think I can handle more than one, um, thing a week. Just going to group every week is a lot for me. I was like, okay. So, you know, but you could see this poor girl, she's 17 years old and she's been so indoctrinated by diagnoses and she's so now disabled by her own thinking about what all that means in her life. And I, it broke my heart, but. I mean, I think she's probably going to be okay because she's she was pretty spunky in in her description of herself, but she couldn't see her health, and clearly the providers that she's working with couldn't see her health because they just kept upping her medication, right? So if they, when we're dealing with the kind of the symptoms that people have, and the more you focus on those symptoms, the more you're going to have those symptoms. It's like that's just how consciousness works, right? It's like the more you um, uh, when you get a new car and all of a sudden you see all the other cars just like yours as soon as you drive it off the off the lot, right? It's like that's just what you're seeing. So people get these diagnoses in their head. And and it, it's, it, it's terrible to me because you get locked in this place of I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. So for the provider, it's like there's a hopelessness to that. Like, what can you do with this person? They're going to, you know, I had one, one, one of my friends said she was a, um, had been a therapist for, I don't know, longer than me, for probably 40 years at the time. And she said, yeah, I just have the same 20 clients for the last 20 years. I don't have to do much for new clients. The same people come in every week and they talk about their problems and, you know, that w- we just process that and, and. So there's a way that it keeps the provider really stuck in looking at people as hopeless. So the idea even of thinking that the person could get better and get out of therapy 
isn't really on their mind with people when they get into a really low state like this. You know, it's funny, when I first started working with clients locally in the organization that I was affiliated with, um, they were asking, you know, how they wanted, how I wanted them to set up my appointments and how often I wanted to talk to people and how long and so on. And I said, well, uh, you know, the time is variable, but I, uh, they have a kind of a 10 time limit unless you can write up a long report explaining why the person should have more than 10 because it's a grant for caring, giving uh, free care. And, but they said, you know, we have a 10 time limit. And I said, well, I very rarely see anybody 10 times. It, it, it normally doesn't take that long because we weren't getting people that were, you know, ready to be hospitalized. They were, you know, people with sort of routine life problems. And, and uh, she said, really, she said, almost all of our, cl- all of our counselors find that they see people for at least a year and we have to keep writing these reports and getting their things renewed. And I said, well, just put me down for 10. And if I need more, I'll let you know. So um, the first year that I worked there, I never saw anybody more than eight times. It just was the luck of the draw. It could have happened, but I didn't. And uh, so they did a survey of my clients and they were all fine. They all said, oh, thank you. It helped me a lot. I'm doing quite well. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I was sort of hopeful that people would come and say, gee, what is it that you do? Because that's amazing that they turned around so fast. But no one did that. <laughs> they just were grateful that I could work within the parameter of the grant. But And I, I really, I had, went to a, a meeting of all the counselors and I was really surprised. I mean, these are lovely people and they really care about the clients and they are very concerned about them. And that's part of it. That's part of the trap. They're worried about them and they feel like they've gotten so much wrong in their life as it is. And now they've got, you know, in addition to poverty and unemployment and too many children, they're now depressed. <laughs> and, and, you know, the counselors are, are commiserating, essentially, with the clients. You know, they're thinking to themselves, gosh, if, if I had that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be that way too. And um, one of them turned to me and said, now, do you see the same clients we do? And I said, yeah, I do. And they said, well, I mean, don't you, I mean, they have so many problems. And I said, I know, but they're not my problem. My problem is, do they understand how to solve their own problems? You know, if I can teach them where the solutions are, that's my job. And then their job is to live, you know, their life, whatever it may be. And one of the, one of the counselors said, well, that's harsh. <laughs> and I said, harsh? And she said, yes, I mean, these poor people, they can barely think straight and you're expecting them to think of their own answers. And, and that's, see, that's where psychology has it backwards because it isn't harsh to give people back their power, to let them rediscover the power is there, the power is in all of us, the power to think, the power to change our minds, the power to calm down and see our own common sense and our own wisdom. That's, that's a human universal powers that we all have, but people lose sight of it when they get frightened. And then when people encourage them to be frightened because there's so many things going wrong. And so, um, I don't, you know, I, and I don't know everybody's different, but generally speaking, I don't spend a lot of time delving into my clients' problems. I'm aware of them, but what I want to, point to that the point them to is the things they don't know they know everything there is to know about what's wrong in their life but what they don't know is that they have the power to see beyond it 
and to find answers for themselves and to feel good about being in control of their own approach to life and solving their own problems. And I can tell you that time after time, clients have come up with a solution that is so much better than anything I would have thought of because they're the ones living their life. So, so they see things that they know, you know, when their wisdom finally kicks in and they say, Oh, I know what to do. And they'll say, I'm going to do this. And I'm thinking, God, that's brilliant. You know, but I would have never thought of it. That wouldn't have been my advice because I'm not living their life. And I, I think that that's, that's the missing piece to me in, in all of the, all of the counseling profession and social services and everything is that we, we get burdened. We fall into the trap of thinking that we have to have answers because our clients don't, rather than seeing that the source of answers is universal to all people. Well, it's also thinking that problems are actually creating the symptoms. Right. Like your family, your life, your past, something outside of you is what's causing the distress that a person is feeling on the inside. And that illusion is what gets the provider focused on wanting to fix the outside world instead of helping the the client find their own inner power, as you would say. Like I remember when I was a young therapist, that's what I wanted. I wanted to teach women how to take back their power and to be healthy and to be, and, and I thought I was doing that by, you know, I would help them to get angry or to, you know, sh- express their feelings or in some way deal with their victimization, right? And what I did was just made them dependent on me. You know, so at the end of my day, I would have crises calls like a stack of, uh, in those days, we, we didn't have voicemail, so we had to have like phone messages, right? And, and I'd have a stack of phone messages to call after my day. I'd have to go home and call clients all night because I, I again, like this young woman I was talking to, I was tr- helping them manage all these crises they had. Well, when I changed and started using the principles, in the first month, the number of crises dropped to almost none. Like it went from literally eight or 10, because I had so many clients, um, a, a day to nothing. And that was one of the things that just totally shocked me because I realized that just by pointing them to that, they're in the other direction. And that's about all I could do because in those days we didn't even have, we weren't even talking about the principles. We we're just talking about the way that thought worked, the way that our innate health worked, that we had that inside of us. And just doing that, they calmed down and all of those symptoms went away. Now, see, that's kind of why it's backwards to do it the other way because if you're generating the symptoms, and it's kind of like, you know, when you um, get those, uh, Bubble machines, you know, where you, the kids have the little stick and you blow in the, in, and it makes the bubble. It's like having, they have machines that do that, right? So it's like trying to catch all the bubbles and manage that rather than turn off the bubble machine. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the, the, the problem. And that's why there's a hopelessness in, in providers and in clients that when they are really struggling and in a really low state of mind, that um, they can't get better because it's not that they can't get better. It's just that the way they're trying to get better is backwards and it doesn't work. 
That's so true. And the funny thing about it is, in my experience, clients don't think of themselves as as cured, so to speak. They kind of give up. They 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 come back and they say, you know, for some reason, I don't know what it is. You know, there must be some way that you explain things better than my other therapist because now I kind of see what I was doing. They don't say I had a disease and now I'm over it. They go, I see what I was doing with my own thinking. Or they say, I suddenly woke up to the fact that I'm, you know, every time I have the habit of every time somebody yells at me, I just, I take it personally and I just assume it's about me and I don't, I never knew about states of mind before and that they could just be upset, you know, and it has nothing to do with me. And these are things that when people start to have insights, they don't see themselves as having been sick and now, they be- now they're better. They see themselves as having been mistaken in their understanding and now seeing it. So they, they, I mean, the diagnosis just disappears as a relevant fact. So I don't see too many people that have been, except if they're speaking at conferences and explaining their case with a therapist, generally in talking to their friends or in making referrals, they don't say something like, I had a terrible case of um, schizophrenia, but now I don't, you know, that they cured me. They say, you know, I used to have all these delusionary thoughts or I used to hear voices and I didn't realize that they were in my own head and I was making them up. So I think that the other cool thing is that when people wake up, uh, the idea that mental health is a flaw or a, a serious, you know, condition that that's sort of like a chronic thing, it just disappears from their thinking. They ju- they see what it was. They see that they were mistakenly using their thinking against themselves, and they stopped. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of an ego thing. I think the more people get attached in their mind to their diagnosis, the harder it is for them to get better. Because it, they, that looks like it's real. That looks like it's their true self. And then when you go to a therapist and they tell you, oh, this is what you have, then it, it even seems more real, right? Because this professional who knows what they're doing told me that this is what I have. I have this illness called anxiety. I have this illness called depression. I have this illness called bipolar. And, and then they make of that whatever it is. So some people are like, oh, that's a bunch of crap. You know, like they, 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 they don't get a good feeling about it and they're, that, that, that doesn't make sense to them. And other people are like, oh, no wonder I have this. That's why I'm on the way. Well, the problem is, is that if you don't teach them that they don't have to be that way, that they have the potential to come out of that, they will live as if that's the condition of their life. Right. And it could crop up at any moment. Could crop up at any yeah. moment. And, yeah, and clients that say things like, you know what? It's my schizophrenia kicking in. It's like it was lurking there and it just kicked in. And, and instead of realizing, oh, I started, I got really stressed out and I kind of lost track and I started having those thoughts again. You know, it's kind of. Yeah. You know, I went into therapy. One of the reasons I went into therapy was because when you're a therapist, you're supposed to like have your act together. And I clearly did not have my act together. And so I went into therapy. And when I went into therapy, it's like um, I got a lot of ego reward from analyzing myself. 
<laughs> like, oh, yeah, that happened. And oh, yeah, this happened. And suddenly I was like really good at this with people. Like I could tell them why they were the way they were. And I thought, this is what I want to do for my life, man. This is great. But after doing that, I got more depressed because uh, why you are the way you are has nothing to do with your mental well being. It may be true, but it won't help you to find mental health and live in mental health. That's a totally different thing. And, and that's, but my ego was very invested. I used to call myself crazy Chris and I'm sure other people thought that was true, but you know, it is it, like, wow, what a difference. Um, when I started to see myself as healthy, then I would still have anxious times. I would still have stressful times. I would still, I, I never got depressed again, but I, I still had times when I would be like anxious for sure. And, but it wasn't like, I knew that wasn't me. Right. I know because in what I got connected with was the feeling of mental well-being. And I knew that when I hit that feeling, that was the true me. And when people do that, they wake up to it. They do. And they trust it. They know to trust it. I know it's, it's sort of inexplicable. It's almost like magical to me that suddenly they find a safe place inside themselves that they can trust. And they know it's there. And I guess we've all been through it. I mean, that's what what, what we would all experience. But it, you can see it. I mean, I, it's really amazing. You can see it on a client's face, you know, the moment that it starts to happen for them. I mean, I've, I've worked mostly with women in this one center. And sometimes they come in and they, honest to God, they look 10 years younger. Because, you know, the worry lines have softened and they, they're able to smile. I mean, I've seen people smile, smile and they say things like, you know, I've actually my, my muscles hurt because I haven't smiled in so long. And my, my kids were teasing me because I was laughing and they'd never heard me laugh, you know, things like that. And you realize that happiness is such a, it's so close, it's so close at hand for everybody. And, and that's that you just have to sort of find the, the little latch that opens that trap of diagnosis and thinking you're doomed and you're sick and there's something terribly wrong with you. And then you can set yourself free. Yeah. So get yourself attached to your health and go for that. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Okay. Take care. Aloha. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone to subscribe to the podcast Visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com 